eight years ago, hard to believe it's been that long, but eight years ago I stood on the stage in the fellowship hall and I gave my, uh, my trial sermon. And I, I'm sure that some of you were here for that. Probably a lot of you won't remember how I began that particular message, but here's how I introduced myself. I started off by saying, hello, my name is David Turner and I'm a sinner. And I said I'd always wanted to introduce myself that way, but I think really what I was doing is I didn't want to set the bar very high. And, uh, and, and I don't know if I accomplished that or not, but, uh, but it was true, and it's still true. Eight, eight years later, and I'm, I'm still a sinner. Uh, for instance, I am someone who can take even a good thing and turn it into a bad habit if I'm not careful. It's just who I am. I know that about myself, and so I have to kind of always be on guard. Of course, what might be a bad habit for me or what might be a temptation for, for me or for you is going to be different. Uh, these things tend to, to, to be different between, between people. For one person, the thing that derails them might be what we call the, the sins of the flesh. For others, it might be what I would consider more spiritual sins like, like pride or envy or malicious gossip or, or hatred and bitterness. There's lots and lots of ways that, that we can get off track. Lots and lots of them. So the point is we all need to be on guard for habits of, of body, mind, and spirit that take us away from God. And we all need to be looking for ways that we can actively invite God into our lives and grow closer to God. And that's why we've been, and what we decided that we we're gonna explore holy habits during this Lenten season. And holy habits is just another way of saying spiritual disciplines, of growing, of, of kind of building those spiritual muscles uh, that, that we need that are gonna, that are, we're gonna lose. Kind of like uh, if you lay in a hospital bed for, uh, for, for days or weeks, you're gonna lose muscle tone. After a while, you may not even be able to walk. If we're not exercising those spiritual muscles and using these holy habits to do it, we're not going to be able to function uh, as we should as, as disciples. As we read about Jesus' life and ministry, we see these holy habits, these spiritual disciplines very clearly in his life. Prayer and fasting and, and, and scripture and, and meeting together with other believers and worship, we see, we see all of that. And in our scripture reading today, uh, we see Jesus talking to his disciples and instructing them. And it's interesting, this, uh, if you read in Matthew 16, we're going to be reading near the end of, of the chapter, but if you read the whole chapter, you'll see that Jesus is addressing the 12. He's not talking to big crowds here. He's, he's not having an argument with the, with the scribes and the Pharisees. He's, he's instructing those who have already made a commitment to follow him. And, and anytime we see that happening, we need to pay attention because he's talking to us as well. And the chapter begins with Jesus asking the 12 a question. He says, who do people out there say that I am? And they, they're quick with this response. They say, oh, we know, that, we know the answer to that. People think maybe you're John the Baptist returned or you're one of the prophets. And then he kind of turns the question on him and he says, yeah, but who do you say that I am? And then Peter speaks up. And for once he gets, he gets the right answer. He says, you are the Messiah. You are the anointed one of God. Now what's kind of funny about this is that Peter gets the right answer. He just doesn't know why 
it's the right answer. And so Jesus begins to explain what this means for him to be the Messiah. He says, I must go to Jerusalem and be arrested and crucified and die. And then on the third day be raised again. Which was not on Peter's radar. This was not what he was expecting to hear. And we know that if you read the, the text, you'll see exactly how surprised he is and everyone else is too uh, at that point. But then Jesus goes on and he says, if you want to be my disciple, if you're going to follow me, you likewise must die to self, give up your life, and pick up your cross and follow. That's what it means to be my, my disciple. So let's take a look at the text. This is uh, Matthew 16, beginning at verse 24. Then Jesus told his disciples, if any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit them if they gain the whole world but forfeit their life? Or what will they give in return for their life? So we've, we've already kind of made it clear that, that we're all sinners. Uh, scripture's pretty clear on, on this subject. It doesn't matter how hard you try, uh, you're never going to get it right all the time. For instance, the scribes and the Pharisees, you, nobody could say they didn't try. They were, they were trying really, really hard to be faithful. But sometimes trying harder isn't what's called for. Over and over again in Jesus' ministry, we see him saying that what we really need to do, and this, is, this may be the hardest thing for us to do, is to let go of control. We want to control everything. Uh, and, and Jesus is saying, that, that isn't going to happen. You need to let go of your life in order for you to receive life. Uh, in order to be born again. And, and Jesus said this to everyone, from prostitutes and lepers to the most conservative Pharisees. He said, if you want to have your life, you must give it away. Now what that looks like in real life is transformation and personal change. What that, what that means is that we are all a work in progress. If you want a sign that a person is, 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 living in, is, is seeking to live in Christ, is seeking to be faithful, there's, there's going to always be change. There's always going to be growth. We never get there, at least in this life. And the, and the moment we think we get there is the moment we probably need to stop and repent and start all over again. So you can call this a holy habit if you want, but I think really what it is is it's kind of an orientation towards life. It's about learning to trust ourselves less and to trust God more. And of course, there's a paradox at the heart of this. Paradox is, is two things that are both true, but they sound like they might be contradictory. And, and this, we see this a lot in Jesus' teachings. Uh, and, and usually if you see a paradox, there's probably some kind of a truth lurking nearby in this case again Jesus says if you want to save your life you've got to give it up and, uh, and, and if you give up your life if you lose your life you're going to get it back again the more you cling to it the, the less likely you are to have it the more you try to control it the less control you're going to have one of the you know again 
hard thing for us to kind of get our heads around. One illustration I like to use for this is, uh, is, is my brother, and since he's not here, he can't defend himself, which is fine. But uh, uh, when he was in college, he wanted a girlfriend so bad that he chased every single girl away. You ever known anybody like that? He, he just wanted it so much. He was too clingy, he was too needy, and, uh, and so any girl that kind of came into his orbit got that sense and would say, we don't want any part of that. So when he finally did meet the woman that he would eventually marry, and is still married to today, it just so happened that he was so brokenhearted because of some other girl that had walked out of his life that he barely noticed she was there. And of course that made him more attractive and more interesting to her. So good, good for him on that one. By not clinging, by not trying to make something happen, what, he, what, he, what his heart always wanted finally happened for him. Of course, he's still a, a goof, but, uh, but that's, that's another story. It's easy for us to fall into the trap of thinking that it's all up to us. That if we just work harder, if we just work smarter, if we work longer, that, uh, that then good things are going to start to happen to us. And certainly, hard work is a good thing. I, I don't want, want you to get the impression that, that hard work is bad. Uh, maybe you've heard somebody say before, the harder I work, the luckier I get. There's a lot of truth in that. But sometimes we need to, 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 to worry less, we need to strive less, we certainly need to, to let go of, of wanting to control everything. Uh, we, we need to let go of perfection, that's another one that's difficult for, I know it's difficult for me, probably for a lot of people. Um, if there's one thing I learned on, on my sabbatical in January and February, it's that uh, that life goes on if, even if I step away life goes on and ministry goes on I was gone for two months and the church was church was just fine and so if anything what this has done for me it's inspired me to look for where God is, is at work in my life and in the world and join God in that because the work's going to go on even when I'm no longer around the work is going to go on so how do we do that? How can we all learn to live hum humbly and faithfully and, and consistently, day in and day out? And, uh, and of course, we do that, as, as I've been saying, through these spiritual disciplines, through holy habits. And the Bible has a whole lot to say on this subject. I, you could probably pick up the Bible, open it, and put your finger down and find wisdom and guidance for how to do that pretty much anywhere you look. Uh, one text that came to my mind this week is from Hebrews chapter 10, where it says, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. In other words, we're supposed to be encouraging one another to, to, to grow in faith, to grow in love, to grow in good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some. See what he's doing there? He's saying not meeting together is a bad habit not being a part of the community of faith, not gathering regularly for worship and study. It's a bad habit. A good habit is doing those things. And again, encouraging one another all the more as you see the time, the day drawing near, which is just another way of saying when you see the world getting crazier and crazier, we certainly see that. Even more important that we gather together, that we practice these holy habits. 
the Apostle Paul in his letter to his friend Timothy, the young man that he mentored, said, train yourself for godliness. In other words, practice these holy habits day in and day out so you are prepared to live in faith no matter what happens. During the Lenten season, we sometimes talk about sin and, and repentance and, uh, and that's always always a good place to start but we don't stop there we get in the discipline and it is a discipline of, of going to worship we get in the habit of, of reading the Bible and praying we get in the habit of, of giving and, and, and serving here's the thing I, be, I absolutely believe this when you're living like that day in and day out when you're practicing those, those holy habits the devil can't get you no matter how much the devil might be prowling around looking for a way in because those habit, holy habits serve as a, as a, 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 a barrier a, a, a wall of light and, and love that evil just can't get through now that doesn't mean that bad things won't still sometimes happen and it doesn't mean that testing and temptation won't come because, because it will what it means is that when you are picking up your cross daily when you're seeking to live in this day after day practicing these holy habits it's that evil just can't can't make headway in your life Dr. William Williman a, a, he's a former preaching professor at Duke Seminary tells a, what I think is a wonderful story wonderful illustration of this about a little town in France called Le Chambon uh, where Christians hid Jews from the Nazis during World War II and uh, I didn't know this but apparently that didn't happen in very many places in France but it did in this one small town and so not long after the war an author went there to, uh, to kind of explore this and investigate and what he was surprised to find was that the, the, the people there weren't particularly they were ordinary they weren't particularly heroic or, or extra good but what they all had in common is they all went to this one community church the ones that, that actually did this risked their lives they all went to this one com community church where they were sat under the, 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 the teaching of this one pastor and, uh, and so they got in the habit of not just knowing what the right thing was to do but then doing it so when the, when the moment came for them to be courageous courageous they did it. They just quietly did it. There was one old woman in the congregation that hid Jews in her home and when the Nazis knocked on her door and came in to, uh, to, to, to search her house, she actually faked a heart attack. And it shook them so much that, uh, that they wound up leaving. And later, uh, she was talking about it and she said, you know, she said uh, that... Uh, pastor always taught us that there comes a time in every life when a person is asked to do something for Jesus and when our time came we knew what to do she knew what to do and she did it what I want to say about that is that things like that don't happen by accident they just don't they happen because of everyday habits of faithfulness practiced over time you are here today because you feel the call to something more to something, something deeper in life you may not realize it now 
but because you've taken this time to do something, to fill your life with something other than TV or Facebook or even more work, because you've done that, you're building spiritual muscles. You're growing stronger in ways you may not even be aware right now, but that you may be called upon to use. Who knows? Maybe soon. But again, that's why we do it. That's why we pick up our crosses every day and follow in Jesus' footsteps. It's not because we're better. It's not because we're holier than others, but because we're called to something more. I'm sure many of you have heard me say this before, but I am proud to join you in this mission as we seek day in and day out in big ways and in little ways to be and to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Lord, you've called us to ministry and you've entrusted that ministry with us. So there are things that we need to do but the first thing that we need to do is simply turn our lives over to you to give up our lives that, that you might give them back to us empowered and whole and healthy and joyful. Bless us as we seek day in and day out to do that. For we ask it all in Jesus' name.